listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. So St. Peter and St. Paul were discussing how to best communicate in the 21st century. Communicate with those on earth who were doing a good job proclaiming the good news. They thought if they asked God to send down angels to communicate, it could freak people out. They decided to use email. They've identified 5 million people in America. I'm not sure how many people around the world, but we know of 5 million people here in America who are doing a good job teaching, teaching the gospel and proclaiming the good news to everyone. So last week, they sent out an email to those 5 million people here in America. The subject line in the email was great job. Jesus appreciates your hard work. So if anyone here received that email, would you mind forwarding it to me and to Father Brady? <laughs> so I was told that I have to go about this much because you guys are really hungry. A number of years ago, the category for Final Jeopardy was the Bible. And the question was, this is the shortest verse in the Bible. I was pretty confident I knew the answer. So I yelled it out in a room by myself to the TV, right? My answer was, it is finished. I was thinking that was the shortest verse in scripture. I was 100% wrong as were all three contestants for Final Jeopardy. So what is the shortest verse in scripture? Hint, we heard it today. The shortest verse, verse in all of sacred scripture is Jesus wept. To some, this verse is somewhat puzzling. Jesus wept. Jesus. You weep when you feel deep intense feelings, emotions for someone, emotions over something that has happened. It's so jarring that you can feel it in the pit of your stomach. Your heart aches when you weep. Jesus weeping must have been quite striking for those who witnessed it. It's not like Jesus forgot who he was or he didn't know what he was able and capable of doing. He knew he could and would raise Lazarus from the dead. He did not do it for himself. So why did Jesus weep? He wept for a number of reasons. One reason that Jesus wept was because of the lack of faith he saw around him. His disciples did not want him to go back to Judea. They reminded him of the danger. They were operating in fear and not faith. He knew he would be leaving them soon and they still lacked that faith. The people closest to him didn't have full faith in Jesus. Martha believed that Lazarus one day would rise again but not on that day. Martha lacked 
the full faith in Jesus. So Jesus reminded her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Another reason that Jesus wept was the deep compassion that he felt for those who were suffering. He saw the suffering of the people and the pain that it caused. Jesus deeply cared about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He felt their pain. He was empathetic to their loss. To put it simply, Jesus was a good friend. Jesus is a great friend. When you truly care about someone, when they hurt, you hurt. Jesus weeping shows his true care and his true love for each and every one of us. God never takes our pain lightly. Like a good father, he does not want to see us in pain, even if he knows that the pain that arises from it will lead to a greater good. Jesus wanted to take on their pain, so Jesus wept. This reminds us that no matter what hurts or pains we face in life, Jesus is right here with us. He's not afraid to meet us in our despair and in our darkness. He is the first one to meet us in those dark valleys if we let him in. Jesus wept because he loved those who wept. Jesus seems to have much a committed friendship with Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. We are never told how Jesus comes to be friends with them, but it seems that Jesus is completely committed to them. Nothing, nothing was going to stop him from going to see him. Even though it means going to Judea, where his life is under threat. How many people would do the same? How many people will put their life at risk to help a friend? Many like to think that they would, but also hope that they are never put to that test. If we are true friends, if we are true to our friends, then we enrich our own lives and give our friends a fuller life. Hence, the significance of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. We are all called to true Christian friendship. Can we physically raise our friends from the dead? Probably not. If someone can, please come talk to us after mass. But can we get our friends out of their tombs? Their tombs in humanity? Absolutely. Yes, we can get our friends out of their tombs, their tombs of humanity. Christ-centered friendship, what is it? Christ-centered friendship is about serving others. It's asking ourselves how God might use us in someone else's life. 
Christ-centered friendship is how he might want to use others in our lives as well. Christ-centered friendship is fully living the teaching that it is far better to give than to receive. We also trust that serving and loving another invites friendship, but we do not expect or demand a reciprocal response. The best thing we can do for our friends is to give them life by making their lives fuller and better. One of the gifts we can give someone who is hurting is simply our presence and our true friendship. What we can also do is to be there for them when they are alive. Let's not wait until it's too late. We all have imperfect human lives in both the physical and the spiritual sense. If we have friends who help heal those imperfections, and if we do the same for them, then everyone concerned has a fuller human life, closer to what God intended. From time to time, we should examine our friendships. We should examine our friendships to ensure that God is a guiding principle. Do our friendships share the same values and the same morals? Are we seeking to serve rather than to be served? When some of you ladies got on that first class lap of luxury transportation to the retreat, when you started this journey, you may have felt like you were in the tomb that Lazarus was in. Over the weekend, you were surrounded by true Christian friendship, including the time spent preparing and facilitating the retreat. The team that was out there with you gave over 4,000 hours for you guys. This does not include the 75 people, the additional volunteers, men and women alike, who selflessly served for the success of your retreat. That's Christian friendship. Now that the retreat is ended, your work is just beginning. Service to others and Christian friendship is the call. Retreat and stand up for a second for me. If you ladies have any doubt what friendship and being part of a parish family is all about, just look around at the amount of people that are here for you guys this morning. That is Christian friendship. You sit down. Jesus gave Lazarus life in a real physical sense. What we offer in friendship can have an effect that is just as life-giving. We can help those around us to a fuller human life. As for Jesus, he was committed to the whole of humanity. 
just as much as he was to one person. When Jesus dies on the cross, he does not die for the sake of one, but for the sake of all. What remains for us is to make sure that this is not a one-sided Christian 